Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm not joined by my usual co-host, Mark Davison. I'm joined by podcast producer of BTSC, Brian Anthony Davis. Brian, welcome to the show. We're just going to take the sun out of the equation. There's no sun. It's just Davis, not Davis' son. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> that's it that's it but it's sunny for me right now it's probably not sunny for most of the listeners tuning in live and bad for yourself how you going in in over there in maryland it's a nice day today it's a little on the cool side my daughter went camping and i didn't get a chance to go this week but it's it's kind of a beautiful day but it's on the chilly side i don't know if you call it chilly if uh, I, I know we're going to get into slinging the slang, but I don't know if you have chilly days we do over have chilly days. in Australia. Okay. Was yeah, not sure on that. But we don't have as much of the, the chili, the cooking chili. And I know you're famous for a bit of chili, bad. Ooh, three time, actually four time chili champion. Four time. There, like the four horsemen. Four time chili champ. <laughs> Looks like you're doing a West Side one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the four horsemen, you know, Tony and I are wrestling, big wrestling guys. So it's like four. Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> well, it's about 59 Fahrenheit for me right now. So a bit of a cold morning. Um, but, you know, as, as I say, I get to join everyone from the future and hang out with you guys in the past. And then whenever you're listening to this, whether it's live with us right now or it's on the audio side, you're listening to us in the present. So we've always got that time continuum. Wow, look, we've, look we've got a lot of Western, we've got some Maryland in the house. Stacy Lynn and Master of Puppets is from Western Maryland. I'm fairly close to Western Maryland. So there you go. So some of my peeps on the show. And we got to get some Aussies in here celebrating your end of it. That's it. I mean, well, we've got a lot of the, a lot of the usuals in the chat with all of the usual suspects, which we love. Jared Evel, Master of Puppets, Kathy Forward, Steeler Chick, as you said there. Um, I know Chad's in the YouTube side from the fa- from sorry he's on the Facebook side. Gary, so awesome to have Stacy Lynn as well. So awesome to have everyone in the house. Um, and and Chad there, yeah, Mark's off today. Um, so we sort of did the swap with last week, but always good to jump on with with Bad and and talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Well, it's an absolute pleasure and an honor to be on this show. This is one of my favorite shows. I know I'm the podcast producer, but I've I uh, I love coming on this show because I I feel like this is fastly becoming one of the favorites because. Uh, and I told you guys from the beginning how good this show was going to be, and I love what you've done with it, so I love being a part of it. This is the one show that everybody else on the podcast side is vying to be on. So everybody <laughs> wants to be on the show with you guys, so so that's awesome. I love to do it, and I, I'm trying to be, and I'm, I'm saying this as humble as I possibly can because somebody in the live chat, not the live chat, but somebody on the YouTube comments um, wouldn't say my name, but I knew he was, knew who he was talking about. Don't be a legend in your own mind, like dot dot. And I knew he was talking about me. So I'm actually I'm not a legend in my own mind. I'm actually one of those guys that just like think, can, can I can I make the cut? And I'm just so glad to be on this show because I feel like I, I'm in this seat. And the Maddie, he does this. He's like, look, you come on the show, you could lead the show, you can do this. I'm like, no, this is your show. I'm just glad to be able to hang with you. And then I'm gonna fall flat on my face in a little bit. When we do sling in the slang, so I know I'm I'm gonna get killed on that. So, but this is an absolute honor to be on the show. So, thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, pleasure to have you here, Bad. And and look, it's funny. Let's get into the first sling in the slang, then right there. You know, you said don't be a legend. You know, there I used to get told. My mother used to always say, "Don't be a legend in your own lunchbox." So that was your own lunch. Okay, I bet you I know that. So back in my day, and you're I'm probably I might be older than your mom. Who knows? No, nah, you're younger. <laughs> I, well, I'm I'm old enough to be your dad, though. I will tell you that. Um, back in the two a.m. days, because you're about to turn thirty, and so so when I was nineteen, I could have. Who knows? I could be. I I've never been to Australia, but you never know. I mean, <laughs> if uh, I don't know what two a.m. is over in Australia, but uh, we could have our two a.m.s over in a uh, uh, over in a. Uh, Melbourne or wherever, but no, I'm, I'm joking. No, but um, gosh, so the lunch boxes were a big thing, and you know, you know the show. I'm the show, the A Team and Magnum PI and Happy yeah. Days, and they all you you were a big deal when you got your own lunch box. Oh, uh, so, like when you get like the yeah, like when you were in the cover of your own lunch box. Because yeah. I've got a A Team lunch box with Mister T right on the front of it. That I mean, <laughs> it's awesome. just a great thing. Uh, my big one, I had a Steeler lunchbox when I was in fourth grade too. And that was awesome. And you had the Steeler thermos and it was a great thing. So that's what the lunchbox, I'm sure that's what your mom means by being a legend in your own lunchbox. Look at that's that. It. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Okay. But I digress. I'm, I'm taking over. So I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's all good. So look, Theme of this week's show, uh, for everyone out there, is I was sort of sitting there this week and, you know, there's all, all this coverage of the draft and, you know, we've had all, you know, or pre-draft, we've had all this discussion for, you know, weeks now about everything that's happening in the off-season and bringing back players and, you know, we brought back Vince this week and we, who knows, we might be bringing back Avery Williamson as well. But I was sort of thinking, all right, but what does this mean for 2021? What are those hopes and dreams and how are we delivering up on that? And, you know, it got me thinking as well. There's a lot of players that in two weeks' time, there's players that are going to hear their name called and they're going to get to live out that dream of playing in the NFL. They're going to be very hopeful about what teams they might get to join or what round they're going to be drafted, both from a monetary side and because you want that that prestige of being drafted there. And then there's the rookie class that have come through from last year that didn't really get the offseason and the Steelers did well with guys like Kevin Dotson and Chase Claypool and... Um, 
Anthony McFarlane came on and Alex Highsmith did terrifically well. What are they looking for in year two? And then I got to thinking as well, guys like Vince Williams, and I sort of thought it was his hope that he could make the make the NFL, you know, the NFL. He hoped to be, imagine hoping to be drafted by a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, six round. You're there for a certain amount of your career. They have to cut you. They bring you back and you get to continue living on your NFL dreams. So that's going to really be the centerpiece of today's show. And look, we're going to cover a bit of the offense, a bit of the defense, and of course, a little bit of the draft. But one of the things is that we really wanted to get everyone in the live chat involved as well. So Bad and I'll sort of kick it off, but we'd want you to come feeding into the live chat with some of your hopes and dreams. So Hope, I guess we're going to sort of kick that off with being wishful thinking. So, so <laughs> you know. You know, so Dave Schofield and I, Dave and I both started this a long time ago, but I I would mention the king of wishful thinking. And then he brought in the fact that it was go west. And then I started singing it. So we'll probably argue over the origin who came up with it first. Maybe Dave, but I'm not sure. But Dave doesn't sing it like me. So I'll be over you. You know I will. I'll pretend my ship's not sinking. You can jump in, Maddie. <laughs> I can't sing. Because I'm the king <laughs> of wishful thinking. I can't sing either. But there oh, you no. go. King of wishful <laughs> thinking. That's from Pretty Woman. The 1990 film about the unlikely, uh, the unlikely love between a businessman and a prostitute, and <laughs> there you go. So everybody has their hopes and dreams, just like in that movie. That's it. And so for dreams, this this will be really, I think, where Brian and I'll sort of center around is, you know, what would be that outstanding performance? But look, let's crack it, crack into it, Brian. On the offensive side of the football, is there a what what what's your hope for this hope and dream for the Steelers on on offense as a as a as a total for twenty twenty one? I think the offense is not far away from being fixed, and it comes down to one thing, and it's the running game. Now, a lot of people, this is where I love you live chat, but this is where you drive me a little bit crazy because anytime we mention getting a running back in the first round. We close our mind to it. Well, you can't get a running back in the first round before you fix the offensive line. This is, and I'm going to talk about this more in my fact or fiction podcast that we'll hit tomorrow, but why can't you do both? And you can, this is a perfect draft to fix the offensive line and fix the running game. James Conner's gone and you're left with guys like McFarland, which we don't know about. You mentioned those rookies. We know a lot about Benny Snell Jr., and we know enough about Jalen Samuels. So you really need to bring in one more piece of that puzzle. They didn't do it with a Marlon Mack in free agency. They weren't able to get a guy like that. They weren't able to get Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones went for a lot of money. But they can get it by drafting a guy high in the first or second round. You can also, in those first four rounds, there is a plan where they can get a week one ready center. They can get a week if they choose. They could get a week one ready, and this is all possibility, but a guy that you think that you could go ahead and replicate what you got with Marquise Pouncey in 2010. You could replicate what you got with an offensive tackle for some teams that are able to start right away, and that's a possibility. There's guys like there. There's Christian Darasaw that might not fall to them, but there's a Tevin Jenkins. There's a there's the kid from Michigan, uh, Mayfield. Jalen Mayfield. There, there's the Samuel Cosme. There's there's guys like that that could possibly start round one. And, and here's the thing. 
everybody throws out, well, they're not going to last till round two. Well, there's so many prospects. And, and the reason there's a lot of prospects this year, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot. We didn't plan this. Why are there more prospects this year than, than there ever were? Well, this is like, this is a really interesting thing that you say, Brian, because I think there's a lot of people that have obviously opted out in, in 2020. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that are going earlier. There's a, there's been a shift across the NFL at a number of different positions to drafting people younger as well. And people wanting to get into the NFL sooner, not just for monetary reasons, but injuries and, and setting up different seasons. So that's an interesting piece for me in terms of, you know, why they're more prospects. But the other thing is that there's not as much tape this year, you know, in, in terms of these players. So when we say they held out, there's players here right now that there's just a lot less on film, people that might have had great 2019 seasons that then, you know, might have played a game or two in 2020. I think Jalen Mayfield was one of those players that played a handful of games. You know, seasons were shook up. It, you know, it's interesting. And people are opting earlier than ever to, to go into the NFL draft. People are not sitting there through four or five seasons of college football anymore, particularly in those skill positions, particularly at the running back position where you end up with a lot of miles on your legs. So I'm glad you said that. And what you said at the very beginning is what I was going for, but everything was a valid point there, everything you said. But because you had so many people sit out, Micah Parsons is one of them. Micah Parsons is still considered a top pick in this draft. Did not play at all in 2020 because of COVID-19. Opted out. Somebody's got to come and replace Micah Parsons. So this happens every year because of injury. Somebody gets an opportunity because of injury, and they still draft that guy. Now, a lot of guys opted out this year. So there's actually more to choose from. So guys are going to be available in the second, the third, and even early in the fourth. This draft is set up so well for the Steelers in a lot of ways. If they decide to go Creed Humphrey at number one at center, then they know the running back that they could possibly get in round two and the offensive lineman they could get in round three or vice versa. They might, and I'm just throwing out names. This is not my mock draft, not who I'm I'm endorsing. But if you go Creed, you can go ahead and in the second round, you can go ahead and get one of those linemen like Eichenberg. Eichenberg. Yep. Uh, if I mess up his name, help me out. Um, but no, no, Eichenberg. <laughs> Liam, Liam, Liam Eichenberg. Well, in the States, everybody wants to put an er on the end of a berg um, but, but, for some reason. But Brian, couldn't you imagine it? The berg in the berg. I yeah, mean, the, the, I mean, the, like the marketing field day you're going to have with that, right? <laughs> absolutely. Then in the third round, you can get a Trey Sermon, a running back. You can move it all around. If you decide to go a running back first round, say you decide to go with Eddian or Najee Harris. That's not the, the bad thing that it used to be because everyone in the last 10 years, you don't pick a running back in the first round. What if you get five or six good years out of them? You can. And then you see what happens later. But five or six good years is pretty good. Not worried about that second second contract with a running back. But say you go with one of those studs in the first round. Then you go ahead in the second round, you get your tackle again. In the third round, you look at a guy like Miners or Trey Hill in the fourth or Josh Myers. Um, Quinn Myers is who I, I, Quinn Miners, who I mentioned. Then Josh Myers from Ohio State. Uh, Trey Hill, you can still possibly get in the fourth round from Georgia. So the Steelers have 20 different draft plans, if not more. And they have all these plans and all these scenarios. If this guy goes here, then we've got, we've got this plan here. This guy goes here. We've got a plan here. So they have so many different plans. I would love to be in that war room 
And this is going to be must-see TV. Back in the 80s and the 90s, they called Thursday night must-see TV because of NBC. Because of shows like Cheers, The Cosby Show, Family Ties, Night Court, L.A. Law, then E.R. in the 90s, um, Hill Street Blues. All those shows were your Thursday night staple. And that's when NBC started winning it and became must-see TV. Thursday night of the draft is going to be must-see TV, but so was Friday. And yes, Felicia, we can get to RBs. You can. I'm loving Chris Evans in out of Michigan in the sixth or seventh round. And they have two seven-round picks. Puka Williams from Kansas. That's a but guy even, you can get in the sixth or seven. But you even know, if you say, even if you say Jamar Jefferson fall as well into the wait into the fifth, and you move up there, if he falls to six, you know, I mean, if he's sitting there and you can do it. Why not? I mean, there's another guy out of Oregon State that can do a bit. He's not going to be your complete feature back, but he's a tough customer. So I, I agree, Felicia, there are going to be some guys. But as you said, Brian, there as well, what Chris Evans did at Michigan when he could open up that hole, you know, I know we've signed Derek Watt to a, <laughs> a pretty lucrative contract at his position, but but there, you know, Chris Evans could really mix it up for them, particularly if, you know, Watt's moving into an H-back role. So without a doubt, and this is just one of those hopes and dreams that might be sitting out there for some Steelers fans. So this is going to be a neat draft. And so my hope is, I mean, this is a long way to get back to it, but my hope <laughs> yeah. is that they can fix the running game and there's so many ways they could do it, but you have to do it threefold. Running back, center, offensive tackle. And you've got to do it that way. If you get a center, do the, the center guard. Now, not a lot of people remember this, but back in 1988, the Steelers picked a guard at number two. You know who that was? That was Mike Webster. No, that was nineteen seventy. Oh, Demani, Daw Demani Dawson. Sorry, Demani Dawson. Okay, <laughs> I had them both in my head, and I was like, <laughs> he plays. He basically played guard his rookie season. In the third round of the nineteen eighty nine draft, they picked a center named Chuck Lanza. So they figured, okay, we have our center of the future in Chuck, and then we've got Dermani. We got Dirt. He's going to go ahead and be our our guard of the future. Well. They must have not liked what they saw in uh, in Chuck. And we didn't see much of Chuck. Dermani moves over to center for that magical 1989 season. And the rest is history. He is the he is another Hall of Famer in that mix. And a long time. I mean, and he, he played until 2000 when he got hurt against uh, Atlanta on Monday Night Football. But so there's... You can fix that with those guys. I do like a center guard combo for that reason, but I will take the straight out center as well because I'm loving Creed Humphrey. I love I love uh, Dickerson, but I'm just so afraid of his injuries. And he could be a fine for a team, but but that's scary. But if you can get these guys, you can fix the running game. Now, one last thing to say. You're already starting to fix the running game. By, by having some guys that were on the team last year playing. And that what I'm saying is Zach Banner is a fantastic run blocker. He really is. He excels at blocking the run. He could still protect. He could still pass protect. But he's very good in the run game. Remember all that time? You knew back in 2019, 72 was now eligible. You knew they were running the ball, and we hated that. But now... They're going to, that left side, if he's playing on the left side, he's there. And you've got Dotson, who's incredible um, run blocking. 
DeCastro's always been good run blocking. They're going to block better against the run this year because of those two changes on the offensive line. And that's going to help them. A lot of their problems running the ball is when Dotson wasn't in there. So there you go. Well, that's it. And and there's one name that started to tick up in my draft board a little bit, Brian, and, and he might be one I might tease this week on uh, this week's Steelers War Room, but he's Kendrick Green out of Illinois. Um, a lot of, he played a lot of guard in college, but a lot of a lot of analysts um, are starting to look at him and say he's probably going to be better at the center position when it comes when he comes into the NFL. So he's someone that's later, probably around three later, more like round four. So is that a play that the Steelers look to convert? Um, into that center role and do a do another Demoni Dawson. But I wanted to be, bring up our first uh, super chat of this week's show um, from Shield91, um, which says, I'm always busy on a Saturday evening, but I never miss touchdown under for my Sunday runs. Thanks for the off-season work. Hey, bad, with a little Aussie flag there. So good to have Shield91 in there. He likes Love to converse with me on Twitter. So, Shield's yeah, awesome. awesome. You're yeah. all awesome. Um, Shield's a, a good friend, of, great friend of the show. So, and Shield's going to be a part of the uh, the uh, mock draft coming up. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Shield's in. And I've got to tell you this. I'm, I'm going to do a quick plug since I'm going to do it. Stacey Lynn's in the draft too. Um, so <laughs> we're going to have the lottery tomorrow on Tales from 2 a.m. Tony and I are going to get together. We're going to make the picks. We're going to tell you what team you're picking for tomorrow of the 31 because nobody is allowed to pick the first round pick anymore because we're just going to last year, Joe Burrow fell to number four in the draft. And I just want to put Trevor Lawrence number one. And so I just made an executive call on that, but yeah, we're going to, you'll find out tomorrow where you're drafting. So check that out. A little plug for the show for 2 AM, <laughs> my solo show usually, but uh, Tony's going to come on with me as well. Nice one. But Stacey Lynn brings it up a, a little bit about where I'm sort of hoping and dreaming for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Brian, you answered the run side um, of the football. My hope on, on my hope for the Steelers offense in, in 2021 is that we can, and it, and it goes back to everything we've just talked about with centers and, and guards and tackles and what have you, but can we give Ben three seconds or longer to throw the ball? <laughs> that would be my hope for 2021. Let's give time for Ben to read downfield, not have to go to the first wide receiver that gets open um, or that first read. You know, that, that's going to be really big for me in 2021. And I think it's going to open it up for the Steelers offense as well. But my dream, my dream is that we sort out the tight end position. Um, and, and I think when you earlier were talking about drafting and running back, does that allow us to move someone like Jalen Samuels from that depth piece to that H-pack role? You know, is there a tight end that we can pick up late that can do that best mix of blocking but still be able to catch passes? Um, there's guys like John Bates out of Boise State that will be available sixth round or later. And also with the amount of prospects that we mentioned earlier coming out, there's a bunch of tight ends that you'd usually see picked up from fifth round all the way to go undrafted that will go undrafted likely in this draft. So there are opportunities and let's just hope that these, the positivity around players interviewing with the Steelers continues. And then the Steelers can have the pick of that bunch. But Brian, the other piece that I wanted to sort of look at within these hopes and dreams for the Steelers offense is current players on the team. So we've talked a little bit there about generally about the offense and a little bit about who they could, could draft in from an offensive perspective, but is there a key player that you've got a hope or a dream for for this season on the offensive side? Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be a guy I just talked about. It's going to be Zach Banner. Zach Banner's still unproven. 
he I thought he looked decent in the first game against the New York Giants on Monday Night Football, and then he goes down with five minutes left in the game. But right now, he's kind of a key to everything. And the reason he's a key to everything is he's most likely going to be playing left tackle. Now, I'm talking about this more on Factor Fiction, and the uh, and I don't want to give it all away, but the que- the question centers around Alejandro Villanueva. And there's the, he's another guy that you might see come back. But you're not going to find that out until after the draft. Yeah, because they're go if they can bring a first, a first, a quality first round guy in, or a, for a week one starter, a guy that has all the potential in the world, like Marquise Pouncey way back when, to be a week one starter and or be ready to be an understudy and be there. Should Zach Banner not be up to the task? I still think he's going to be, but you're going to find that out if they end up with a fourth or fifth rounder offensive tackle, like a James Hudson or someone like that, that you're not ready to, that needs to uh, sit in a red shirt or what have you, then you're going to see them possibly give Big Al a call for another year. But you're also going to think about this. If you pick up a guy like Creed Humphrey in the first round and you're going to want to start him at center, then you're probably going to want to bring Big Al back to help out with banner and help out with that position as well. Cause you don't want to have two rookies on that line. Like you, you're still going to want to want to pick rookies. You're going to have, want to have yeah. a bunch of offensive line picks. You're going to have at least three offensive line picks in this draft. As far as well, I'm I, concerned out of the eight picks. Well, and, and you need to, because, you know, as a lot of us have started to allude to, you know, across BTSC, this is probably not Big Ben's last year. No, but not. if we want more, if we want more years out of Ben, you know, beyond even two, we've got to. We've and it goes back to what I was just saying earlier about giving him more time to throw. We've got to protect him, and we've got to protect him properly. And 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 even still, we want to make sure that we've got experienced, good offensive linemen for when we do bring in the next rookie quarterback to give that person time to throw. Let these players develop and let them do it in the right way. So I, I completely back you on that one in terms of we need to come out of this draft you know, with three offensive linemen, you know, and, and that might even be someone that, you know, that's a massive project that sits there, um, you know, that goes undrafted or it's a seventh round pick or what have you. I mean, as, as we all know, though, anything past sort of that third round could be very developmental guys like, you know, Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa. I'd love to bring him in, but I'd love him to be mentored by an Alejandro Villanueva. So that's, that's probably what you're doing now. Everybody's, some people think Ben's, this is his last year. Ben is not leaving until you kick Ben out. He's like, your, he's like your mate, the bloke that comes over and says, Hey, can I crash on your couch for a few days? Next thing you know, he's eating cereal out of, out of a large uh, Tupperware bowl. He is uh, burning up your Netflix account. He's in a robe, a robe. You come home from work. He's just there saying, hey, what's up, bro? And then your lady walks in. And he's like, how are you doing? It's that guy. He's just not going away until you say, it's time to go. And Ben is, that's why even with avoidable years, Ben's going to find a way to stay. And I love that. I would be that same guy. I'm like, I'm not going until you say, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. I'm not leaving. And so that's absolutely, so where you think Ben might be here for just one more year, he could be here for two or three. You just never know. But you're right. They need that. He needs weapons if he's going to be here. 
and and he needs help. Going back all the way to the tight end thing, yeah, they they need to have a guy that either can block a guy, but if you if you get a guy early like the kid from Boston College who I always forget his name, uh, it'll come to me in a second. Uh, Logan is it uh, first name? I I forget, but the kid from um, BC or you know Tommy Tremble, a guy like that. If Brevin not, Jordan out of Miami, yeah. I mean, but he's probably going to go first too. I reckon he's yeah. going to go ladder into the second now. And you're but. not getting pits. I mean, it would be awesome to get pits. But, or if you're waiting all the way till like down late, then you want to get a Mark, Mark, excuse me, a Matt Spath type of guy. A guy yeah. that's you're, you're not going to throw too often. When you throw to him three times a year, you're going to hope he catches it three times just to, but he's there to block. You know, it's a pro Wells from T. TCU. There, there's guys later on in the draft that you you can look at. Um, they're probably looking sixth or seventh round for a tight end if they can't get one early, and that's what they're going to need to do because there's so many picks that that they're looking at. So I think with the presence of Eric Ebron, they're going to say, okay, we have our pass catcher. We can bring in another guy. We can we can keep a guy like Kevin Rader or if Zach Gentry's ready, not to be a primary pass catcher, but be there to have the blocking assignments down. A lot of people don't realize Jesse James was a blocker for a long time yeah. before he started catching the ball. Well, and it's what we expect out of Pittsburgh as well. At every position, wide receiver, running back, and tight end, you've got to be able to block. Absolutely. And look, and, and just speaking of blocking for me, my big dream or, or, or hope when it comes to Steelers' offense as well, I mean, you mentioned there Zach Banner. For me, it's Kevin Dotson. I want to see Kevin Dotson continue that growth. I want to see Kevin Dotson in a Pro Bowl jersey, you know, at the end of this season, create those holes, bring that nastiness in. Yeah, th- for me, it's just Dotson, keep on going. I said, Mark asked me a few weeks ago who the leader of this this locker room will be in the in the years to come, who that inspirational leader is to replace Mark, uh, Mike Pouncey. Marquise Pouncey, sorry. Um, and and I was sort of sitting there going, I, I really hope it's Dotson. He lives and breathes black and gold, and, and let's see it. But well, with that bat- – oh. oh, I'm sorry. Um, I just was going to say the problem with Kevin Dotson is you have him as a dream, most of us, and that's a really good thing to have him as a dream. Most of us have him as an expectation, and we're going to be really disappoint- disappointed if he falls flat in his sophomore season here as a pro. I don't think he'll fall flat. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> think so either. I don't think so either. But for me, he's an expectation. I've already penciled him in as the future. But I agree with what you said about this guy being the player. I, I think, though, you do bring up a really interesting point, point there, though, Bad, because I think with, with Dotson, the, it's going to be very interesting this year to see what they do, whether they put him at the left guard position, whether they move to Castro over. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are sitting there going, well, his sort of mongrel in the run game, his nastiness in the run game next to Banner, does that fit? Are you going to move a Pro Bowl player, that perennial Pro Bowl player into Castro over and out of his usual position? You know, can you put him next to a a, a Chooks or a, a tackle that you draft or even Waver? You know, there's sort of been previous thoughts around Waver making it hard for the guard on his inside. Is that too much to expect for Dotson? So I think you've got a really good point here because Dotson doesn't have it as easy as what a few people might think based on last year's performance. Absolutely. He does not. And this is a guy that uh, he still, and the great thing about Dotson is he's still the kind of guy that has so much to prove. You don't think he's got 
a chip on his shoulder after being after sitting down for a returning Matt Filer last year in the playoffs. We're all ticked off about it, but you don't think that drives this guy? I love, I love number 69, Dotson. I think this guy is fantastic. I think I loved him on draft day. I saw this man pulling a truck. He didn't get invited to the combine, Maddie. They didn't have enough respect for this guy to invite him to the, the combine, but the Steelers knew what they were doing when they picked this guy up. They drafted him with their second pick in the fourth round. They bring this guy in. And next thing you know, on TV, we're like, we have no clue who Kevin Dotson is. Now we're watching him pull a truck. And we're like, whoa, if this guy can do what he can do, what he's shown on the screen, it's going to be pretty amazing. Then he came in. We got worried because DeCastro's hurt. Next thing you know, he's starting week two. He started because yeah. Wisniewski was starting and then he gets hurt. Now you you have a, a rookie that nobody that had no training camp comes in and plays so well. And guess what? Those first games, they were running the ball. They were the, the first three weeks of the season. They had 100-yard rushers in all three games. They're only team to do it. Then all of a sudden, things fell apart for the in the run game. But Kevin Dotson, that's the problem, though. We expect Kevin Dotson to pick up right where he left off. And there's always that sophomore slump, sometimes with some players. Not always, but there's a lot of times there is that sophomore slump. I just don't think Kevin Dotson has it in his makeup to struggle. But and this, this, the funniest thing about it, you mentioned it there, is like, you know, you didn't get invited to the combine. And then you've got someone like Robert Hunt, the tackle that Miami picked that was playing next to, next to him that went in the second round. And you sort of sit there on tape and you see what they did next to each other. And it's like, how do you miss that Kevin Dotson was so helpful to Robert Hunt? And then you've got the difference in the players there. And what is, does Robert Hunt, Robert Hunt certainly didn't earn that first round pick when they did the redraft at the end of the season. So, but look, that wraps up part one of this week's Steelers touch down under. Join us for part two. We're going to look at the defensive side of the football, some hopes and dreams there. We're going to do our usual sling and the slang. And of course, we're going to continue with a bit of a preview toward the draft. But we look forward to joining you there if you're on the audio side. So flick over to part two on the YouTube side and the Facebook side right now. Just hold tight for a couple of seconds and we'll be right back. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.